A theatre of our own, exclaimed Lynn. Oh, it's a dream come true. But that was only the very beginning. The seven boys and girls of the Blue Door Theatre Company had many problems to overcome. They were to be taken seriously by their parents and friends. And most important of all, by the judge of the Seymour Trophy acting competition. Hi, welcome back to Books Are Back. I'm Ursula. And I'm Catherine. I'm her mum. And today we are going to be discussing The Swish of the Curtain by Pamela Brown. If you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that what we do is I pick a book that I enjoyed reading when I was a child, but I don't read it. Ursula reads it. And and I thoroughly enjoy it or I absolutely hate it. There is no in-betweens. We discuss whether I remember it well, what Ursula thought of it, and compare notes, basically, on our reading. So, The Swish of the Curtain Bear, I chose this book. I think I remember quite a bit about it. I chose it. So you do. I think so. I chose it because I remember it being um, very... I think I thought it was quite a serious book. Um, The... The children in it seem to engage in this really quite important project. They're going to run an actual theatre. Yeah. And the things I remember about it are, um, I remember that there was a there was a almost like a planning permission issue or a licensing yeah. issue or something that has to be overcome. Yes. Yeah, because so, it's really real. It's like really serious and realistic. Oh God, yeah. So. Um, when they decide that they actually really want to do this, they go to the vicar um, and he finds out who owns it and it turns out it's a man who's in jail. And so they've got to go through this whole process to get his permission. But eventually the vicar manages to sign off the plans and they get full access to it because the vicar hands over the rights to them. Right. So then, well, and then technically he doesn't, but he says, go for it. <laughs> so the vicar's got all the authority in the world to go, go for it. And then they're running but the road. But less authority than the bishop does. Yeah. But then they're running their own theatre. Yeah. I remember something about... There's something about a piece of blue fabric, a, a blue dress or something, that oh, yeah. was... It, the, the description of that fabric and how magical it was when it was lit up on stage or something like that, it just lived with me all of my life. I, I almost bought an evening coat once because it was made of a see-through blue fabric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would have been a terrible error. Mommy, really? But, it seemed very magical to me. Really? Um, what did you think? What's, what's it about? Am I right? It is absolutely amazing and I love it. And someone's going to buy me the second one. And if there isn't a second one, someone's going to write me the second one and then buy me it. <laughs> the same person that wrote it? Yeah, sure. Because someone got me the second one. They could gift it. Sure! I just want the second one. So, you enjoyed it then? Yes, I did enjoy it. It was... It was highly amusing. One thing I thought was the cover, which is um, like Ordinary Jack. It was made into a TV series. And the characters on the cover do not look how I imagined them. I imagine all the girls with light, with light blonde hair, except Maddie with like sort of shoulder, not bob, but like a shoulder length brown hair. And the boys all in my mind look a lot younger and all have much darker hair. Well, that's interesting. Listeners like, will be able to see the photograph on the Podbean site or on our Instagram. 
what I thought when I saw this photograph was when I picked up the book, I looked at these characters and I remembered one person's name. Whose name do you think I remembered? Maddie. Yeah. I, I looked at her well, and she, I went, she is the youngest. That's she? Maddie. But no, like one of the, I think like they're all 12 or over and mm-hmm. Maddie's eight right. when they start. So Maddie's much younger than the rest of them. I'll, I've got something to say about her later. Um, Tell me. Tell me now. We'll, we'll come to it. We'll come to it. No. <laughs> so, am I right about the books? I, yes. Is it quite serious? It is quite serious. It's serious, but when you get to the plays, it's very happy and some plays are funny. So, it's all, yeah, it's really a good book. So, they make more than one play? No. They make, well, they make a lot of plays. I want to say thousands, but that's kind of what it looks like. But, like, they actually go in for a competition against lots of actual professional companies. Cool. What play do they enter into that? They enter... It's a play of their own. It's all about... So, um, I think Nigel is a ringmaster. And it's all about... He, he, is, he doesn't treat his actors very well. And... He, so they're all trying to convince this new person who wants to come in not to come in. And it's just an interesting plot to unfold. Does anyone wear a blue dress? No, that's in Cinderella. I see. But um, Vicky does do this incredible thing that she'd never done before, where she, they have like this proper tiered seating um, and she's doing a, like an acrobatic dance on them. And as she comes off it, she puts her feet on one step, puts her hand on hands on the other step, and then she kicks her legs back and she manages to land them. It's like live theatre at its best. People doing actual stunts in real life. Yeah, it's really cool. Excellent. No wonder it caught my imagination. And it's obviously caught your imagination too. Yeah. So, um, well, something I wanted to discuss with you was the programs that they do and it's really interesting the way that they do them so one's red the first one reads like this the blue door theater company nigel victoria and percy halford sandra and madeline fane and lynette and jeremy darwin invite you to an entertainment in aid of the st michael's organ fund Come and bring your friends to the Blue Door Theatre, Pleasant Street, at 7 o'clock, Thursday, July 28th. The programme will be as following, and then it goes on to tell the programme with the name, who who wrote it, and the scene of each play. And then at the bottom it says, there will be a collection during the interval, costumes by Sandra Fane. Scenery by Nigel Halford and lighting by Percy Halford. And Percy is actually known as Bulldog to everyone else. Oh, I think I know that. I think I can see him now on the cover, which one he might be. I think he's that one. Right. There. Cool. He's got, for the audience who obviously can't see, he's got very messy brown hair, quite a round face, and he's wearing kind of a dark green with speckles of red matching jumper and trousers. Excellent. Does something go wrong? Does someone... I remember this phrase I learned when I read this book. The show must go on. 
And it, it, does someone have to step up to be an understudy or something? The show must go on because something has happened that was unexpected. Well, the parents won't let them go on for the same more acting competition or continue their careers as professional actors, but that doesn't seem to match your description. No, I just remember I had some idea that, you know, someone couldn't make it and someone else had to stand in or something. Because well, the show must go on. No, um, at the start, who's the producer? Sorry, everybody give me a second. Yes, so produce, the producer, Lynette, which it, she's called Lynn, basically. She really wants to be like a professional actor. She says in their dress rehearsal for their first play, if you can't remember what you're supposed to say, make something up that means the same thing. The show must go on. Maybe that's where I got it from. So, you enjoyed it? I loved it. It's kind of the thing that I, as, especially as a little girl, but still kind of now, I always wanted to do. I always, you know, wanted to, you know, start my own theatre or, you know, do my own dances with a friend or something. But they actually took an imagination and they weren't just rehearsing in their, you know, back garden doing Cinderella plays or anything like you do a drama. They literally took it. Bulldog learned how to make a curtain switch. They turned a real, like a real child's dream into reality. I, I remember very much the same. A friend and I wanted to have a theatre in a room in her parents' attic that had a kind of alcove in it. And we felt that that Her would... attic had more than one room. Yeah, it was a very big attic. There was definitely two rooms. You don't even let me be in ours! <laughs> two rooms and a bathroom, as I remember it. <laughs> Um, and well, you couldn't use that as a dressing room, I suppose. One of the rooms had this alcove that we thought could be a stage, but it, it didn't have any wings or any way to get on or off it. But we were just, I think we were very, or maybe it was me, inspired by this book. Oh, I, um, one thing that I really love, and it has nothing to do with what you've just mentioned, but um, I can't, I think it was Sandra, managed to stitch these beautiful blue cushions for all the ch- like 40 chairs that they had and because they were all very rickety but I just remember in my mind having kind of when those were laid on and Broder flicked the switches for the lights on the stage just having this picture of an old rundown thing with some curtains that didn't swish yet and then bang theatre just turns it everything sparkling gold that kind of thing wow gorgeous do you want to know anything about Pamela Brown yes well, the most interesting thing about this book is actually in one of the introductions or blurbs or something. Did you spot it? No. She's got spelling mistakes on that? No. The most interesting <laughs> thing guess, I, I think spell. about this book is she wrote it when she was 14 years old. Did she? Where does it say that? Somewhere in one of the introductions or I, I noticed it when I gave you the copy. So she was very young when she wrote it. It was... After writing The Swish of the Curtain at 14, Pamela Brown went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and became an actress and television producer. Now well-established as a children's writer, she has two grown-up daughters and lives on the island of New York. I have ten years to... I have four years to go, Mum. Let's make this happen. (laughs) Write a book. Uh, And we are 14... 
So no, I'm going to read a try. I'm going to do it thirteen. I have found out that there's another there's another war link. So many of the God, books. Of course there is. So many of the books we've talked about have war links. So she and a friend mm-hmm. before the war used to love to talk about um, theatres and they made up characters who would have a theatre of their own. And when she was evacuated during the war, I, I don't think she was evacuated on a train. I think her whole family moved um, to the countryside for the war. She started writing to her friend and in 1941 she had enough writing to have a book um, the Swish of the Curtain. So I thought that was so interesting. So she write like a chapter at a time to the friend? And then yeah. The friend would write back, write more, write more. I think that Lynn should, you know, fall off the stage at one point and her father have to go and rescue her and become this mythical beast. I suppose so. Stuff like that I that never so. actually yeah. happens. Um, so that was, um, I thought, interesting. And the other thing that is very famous about this book is that... Maggie Smith has Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is Professor McGonagall. That one, I I recognise the name. Maggie Smith has said it was one of her absolute favourites when she was a child. And what she said about it was, I wanted to act before I read this book. And afterwards, there was no stopping me, (laughs) she said. So it's been a book that um, lots of people who enjoy acting have other people you won't have heard of as much, but um, for Bond. listeners, maybe. <laughs> for James listeners, Bond? No. Um, Victoria Wood has said that she liked it. No idea. And another actor um, called Eileen Atkins um, also recommends it for children who are interested in acting. So it has been a book that people have known and loved. And the other thing I wanted to mention, I said I'd talk more about Maddie, was that Pamela Brown did train as an actor um, using the proceeds of the sales of this book. Um, She didn't go on to act for all her life. She wrote more children's fiction, and there are more Swish of the Curtain books. And I haven't read them at all, but from looking at the titles of them, it appears that Maddie is the breakout character. By the time you get to the end of the series, the books are called Maddie... Maddie does this and Maddie does that. Well, so on the link of that, basically, this is the plan. If they win the CMR acting competition, then their parents, as they leave school, will let them all do three years of acting and then one year of anything of their choice. So for someone that might be dancing, for someone that might be another year of acting, for someone that might be art or stage design or lighting and technician. Um, and so everyone's going to go off and do that except Maddie. They'll all train in professional companies until they've all done their training. And then when they come back, Maddie will be old enough to leave school. She will leave school and immediately join the Blue Door Theatre Company as an apprentice. Big plan. And they'll live there forever. They'll live in Franchester forever. Wow. Okay, so, well, maybe the books cover that. I'm not sure. I haven't I haven't read any of You're them. You're buying them for me. Apart from this. Well, they've been republished recently. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what a success that one has been. Do you want to see how well I remember it? Yeah. And then can we talk about all the different plays that they do? Okay. Go for it. Quiz. Okay. Quiz time. Who is the judge 
of the Seymour acting competition. A famous actor called Reginald McSquire. <laughs> a famous actor called Ramona something because I was going to look up the name of her second name and then forgot. Okay. So <laughs> right. you can't remember either would be so, the answer to that question. Yes. It's not so surprising, but I can. The other two, three and four, they're, they're good. Right. Whose talent is dancing? Oh, show me the picture again. I'm going with this character played by Sarah Green of Blue Peter fame, and yeah. her name is Sandra. No, Sandra's um, costumes. Oh. It's Vicky. Okay. Or Victoria. I like Vicky more. Who, what's the character that Lynn plays in Cinderella? And she gets really disappointed because she's not allowed to be Cinderella because everyone thinks that Sandra would be good at the part because she's got this lovely hair and stuff. Okay, so Lynn has to be the fairy godmother. No, Lynn's is Buttons. She has to be Buttons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that Buttons was a mouse because in the Disney adaptation there are loads of mice. Okay, but I think <laughs> Buttons is often a male character. Yeah. Oh, I think she plays him as a mouse. Oh, I see. Right, okay. <laughs> Um, and then finally, how do they find the theatre? How do they find the theatre? Yeah. Um, they are out for a walk and... They spot it. That's not the answer I'm looking for. They have an accident of some sort. Someone, like, trips over... Some a graveyard is in a is a church hall. It trips trips over a gravestone, and <laughs> I see that you're trying to help me with this. I want you to get a point. I'm not sure, but they so they, they fall down a hole. They have to get the vicar to help, and no, then he goes, no, "Oh, look at this derelict no, church hall." No, 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 no way. Uh, I'm not sure who or how, but someone manages to smash the window of the hall. And then, so they go off to buy glass and fix it and stuff. Um, and then they realise that, because Bulldog goes inside and he realises that actually we could make this into something. Cool. That is the quiz over. See, I told you I had written permission that he wouldn't come in and interrupt. Good. Lovely. It's much better when you do it. <laughs> Why? Because he's not going, incorrect, like that. Fantastic. So which was your favourite play they did? I like the first one. Was there a blue dress in that? No, that was in Cinderella, Mom. I told you that. That was in the transformation scene. Okay. Actually, Vicky was the fairy godmother because she had a big dance to distract people while Sandra ran off stage, got her new dress on and ran back on. All oh, right. Got it. So what was the first play? Their first play was actually a series of plays. The, the first one was Spanish Inn, which is a musical play of one act written and produced by Jeremy. Um, and the scene was the Garden of an Inn in Spain, and it's just a musical play about, I think, one of the characters is trying to make the other one fall in love with them, but they don't want them. Very Shakespearean. Yeah. The second, well, then, then there's the interval, where they make four, £59, and one of the fathers working the curtains says, and I'll make it 60 Oh, excellent. <laughs> um. The next thing is with Madame Popofsky, 
which is a sketch in one act written by the entire company and produced by Lynn. And then that's about, it's set in a dancing school. Lynn is the mistress who's French. One of the things I can remember is her going, you English play it all wrong. You go one, two, three to the piano mistress. It is one, two, three, like that. Maddie's the nurse and then the boys are like little new students. And then the last, there's a dance by Vicky. And then the last plays Red as a Rose, which has three acts. And um, it's all about, it's set in the Civil War. And it's all about the gardener of this big house and goes off and fights the opposite side as his love's father. And then they come back and he gives them all money to go to France instead of killing him, even though he's now a captain and really should have. And they all go to Holland and he comes back years later. They've written all these plays themselves. Yes. Amazing burst of creativity. Uh, they said that they did that because um, it's inconvenient and they wouldn't be able to afford the tax that you have to... Or it's not tax, it's like money you have to use to perform Shakespeare's play or something. So, so these are kind of cool examples of what I was saying about how sort of realistic they make mm -hmm. it. Like they would need to do the copyright for their plays and it's so it's so realistic. It reminds me a wee bit of the enjoyment that you get from Swallows and Amazons about yeah. children doing something. But then they do capsize the boat. Yeah, but it's just doing something really real, you know, they... Because children do sail out to islands and camp out there. But then they're actually in charge of the boat. There's no one else there to do it for them. Although technically children are not now in the days allowed an a bow and arrow to shoot feather arrows from a parrot. So that might not be, you know... I think, I think <laughs> wild and bumbunctious children do that kind of thing. Blackets are not wild and bumbunctious. <laughs> I think Nancy is pretty rebunctuous. <laughs> yeah, Peggy's not. Um, excellent. I think my other favourite, so apart from the CMR acting competition, they also did Cinderella, which is amusing, but that was supposed to be amusing rather than serious. They also did for a festival, no, a fete, and they did scenes from Shakespeare, and they actually, so they had a scene from A Midsummer's Night Dream, another scene, Oh, yeah, um, a scene from Twelfth Night, and then also the Romeo and Juliet balcony scene, and Lynn actually jumped into one of her brother's arms. Off the balcony. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and they built the balcony themselves. Wow. I'm, I'm going to say that was Bulldog, was that? No. Oh. Bulldog is staging a light! Oh, it's all light. Oh. Anyway. I think it was Jeremy. Or Nigel. Excellent. It was Jeremy or Nigel. <laughs> well, great work. Now, is there anything else you want to cover? Because I feel we've given people a lot to think about and they might go off and buy reissued yeah. copies of The Swish of the Garden. Actually, there is one I'd like to give a shout-out. It's not paid or anything. But um, I'd like to give a shout-out to one of my friends. I'm not going to say their name, but because I don't want, you know... But... um. I talked to you a bit about this in class and um, I thought you'd really... I told you that you might really enjoy it and I really hope that this inspires you to go out and buy it. The Swish, Swish the Curtain? Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's a personal recommendation to one of Ursula's friends um, for this book that we've both enjoyed. I enjoyed it 
in the 1970s and you enjoyed it this week. So, three weeks, actually. <laughs> I started three weeks ago. I'm a very slow reader, even though I brand myself as a very fast one. So, do you want to find out what we're going to be talking about on the next episode of Books Are Bad? No, goodbye. Well, that's a surprise. <laughs> that hasn't ever happened before. <laughs> I'm joking, yes, please. Yes, I would. Okay, I thought I would change it up slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a comic book. It's not a comic book. It's... um. Not a reading book at all. Oh, is that a picture book? Yes. Is it the snowman? No. <laughs> to change things up a little bit, I thought we would have a look at the ultimate alphabet. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I saw you texting someone about that. Um, by Mike Wilkes. And this is a book which was published when I was a little bit older than you are now to a lot of fanfare because there was a competition organised in association with it. And the competition was to find all the things in the alphabet pictures that Mike Wilkes had painted. And I don't think it was particularly directed at children, but when I was a teenager, I was fascinated with this book. And I thought, I thought it would be interesting for you to have a look at it and for us to discuss... Um, these kind of books, you know, what ones you read now, books that are based on pictures or have mysteries in the art or are more about an activity than they are about reading. So, mm-hmm. we have a go? Yeah, sure. Lovely. Cool. Do you get a prize? The prize is discussing the book with me on the next episode of Books Are Back. Oh, come on, we'll do that already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all for now. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.